Pints with Jack, Season 4, Episode 65, After Hours with Alessandro DeSanto. <laughs> Friends, I'm recording this after we did the actual recording, uh, this introduction, but uh, it was a fantastic interview. Really enjoyed the conversation with Alessandro. Uh, as, as I mentioned, he is the co-founder of Hallow, the Catholic meditation, number one Catholic app in the world, uh, Catholic prayer app. It's incredible. But just wanted to just a little note here and say apologize for the sound quality. We did it in person. I do believe it's very, you can totally hear it. It's, it's great in that sense, but it's nothing like the standard we usually do. Uh, we did it live. We had a single mic. We'd never used this mic in that sense before. And we want it to be different than interviews we have done before. And so I really just, I enjoyed the conversation, loved doing the conversation. And it turned out beautiful. And we learned so much wisdom from Alessandro, but just wanted to mention that. And then also mention, because we, we kind of tuck it in, but we have a discount code or a code that you can use to sign up for Hallow. And as a community, I think it'd be so cool if many of us try that, you'll get a free trial for, I believe, at least a month. And actually with the Slack community, which is growing incredibly strong, we're going to do a a prayer, most likely novena, but maybe a pray list uh, through the Hallow app. And we'll do it as a group and talk about our intentions and pray for uh, each other. And so I really think it's a beautiful opportunity right now to take advantage of this. So if you haven't, definitely go download the Hallow app, H-A-L-L-O-W. Uh, if you go to hallow.app and you do backslash Jack or Pints with Jack, either of those will work. You'll be able to get the free trial for this and know that if you don't want to continue after the free trial, there's an insane amount of free content. Like You can listen to daily scripture readings and meditate on them in a beautiful Lectio Divina style uh, without paying any money. And if you're a Catholic, you can listen to a daily rosary and so much more. It's, a, it's almost... I don't even know what the right word is, but it's 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 almost insane the amount that they give away of this for free. And then obviously the paid content is unbelievable. If you guys have seen the TV show Chosen, the, the guy that plays Jesus is on there and reads the Sermon on the Mount. I just listened to this the other day. It's pretty powerful. There's sleep stories, ton of people on there, Father Mike Schmitz, Matt Frad, so many others, the depth of stuff. And so I wanted to put this in here in the beginning just to really encourage, but now you're going to be able to hear the story of the found the founding of it, some of the impact that it's had. It's obviously global. It's growing gangbusters. And we talk about prayer and Alessandro does a beautiful job with that. And so anyways, I wanted to put this introduction in there because we kind of just jumped into the interview there before. So I'll, without further ado, guys, you can listen to now how I did previously intro it in the actual interview. Friends, welcome to Pints with Jack, your weekly C.S. Lewis podcast, where David, Andrew, and I typically break down the works of C.S. Lewis. This season, we're going through the screw tape letters, but we have a special guest today. This is our typical after hours episode where we will not be going through the screw tape letters, but interviewing uh, a person. And this is someone I've been excited to have on. He is a dear friend of mine. And most importantly, this is coming at the end of season four, where we've been talking about sin, temptations, and Lewis indirectly through the screw tape letters very much emphasizes the importance of habit, prayer, virtues. And so we have a couple episodes with different guests that are going to help us understand that. Today we have a a special guest who knows a ton about prayer and not only knows a lot about prayer from a personal perspective, but from a business perspective. 
which a few red flags probably just went off. We're going to have fun going into this. But I am joined today by Alessandro DeSanto, one of the co-founders of Hallow, the number one Catholic prayer meditation app. It's going gangbusters, and it's used by non-Catholics as well because we have about a 50-50 base here. And he's someone that I've known. Uh, we, we actually met after college, but we both went to Notre Dame. And he went the finance route. So I do finance, as you guys know, and he did that as well with Goldman and GGCR, so some banking, private equity, but then felt the calling of the Lord to, to live out his Catholic faith and to use his business experience with the evangelization and start this incredible uh, organization and business that's bringing, uh, deepening people's prayer lives every single day. And we're going to get a dive into his journey. We're going to dive into Hallow. We're going to talk about prayer, maybe some stories. It's just going to be a great opportunity. And so without further ado, Alessandro, welcome. Thanks so much, Matt. Uh, it's a real pleasure to, to be here. A uh, longtime fan of Lewis and uh, a huge fan of, of Pints with Jack. And it's just a, a pleasure to have this conversation. We we normally have these over scotch uh, in a similar way, but to have a microphone here is, is even more exciting. <laughs> yes, because what you guys don't know yet, we're going to do our usual drink of the week, but I have brought multiple scotch. So we're doing this live. So first of all, Excuse the sound quality. We have a single microphone with two people. This is going to be probably 80% of good qualities, our usual ones. But what you lose in quality, you are going to gain in banter of two people in the same room going back and forth. And usually we have our drink of the week. We're still going to have that. But I've brought four different scotches that we're going to try throughout. Don't worry, we're not going to down all of the scotches. We're going to make sure we maintain some, some sobriety throughout this. But we're going to taste them and share them with you. And... Honestly, we might just do them at random points throughout the conversation. So this is going to be a very different interview. It's going to be, we've never done a live one like this. Uh, and so anyways, I am looking forward to this and it's good to be here. And we're at Alessandro's place and his wife's place. His wife's actually over here too, listening to us. She might chime in at some point. <laughs> she'll, she'll correct us where we go astray. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But first, the quote of the week. And this quote of the week is actually very intentional because it will connect to hallow, it'll connect to prayer, it connects to my own personal journey, my own personal spiritual journey, and it comes from scripture rather than Lewis. And this is 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13, and I'll explain it in a second. Then the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord will pass by. There was a strong and violent wind rending the mountains and crushing rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, a light, silent sound. Some translations put a sweet whisper. When he heard this, Elijah hid his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. A voice said to him, why are you here, Elijah? I first came across this verse in scripture because of Henry Nouwen. So if you guys haven't read uh, Life of the Beloved or Return of the Prodigal Sons, they were some of the most influential books in my own spiritual journey. He talks about the distractions of the world really prevent us from hearing that voice that says, you are my beloved. And we need to hear that every day. Mother Teresa says we need to hear that every day like we need to breathe. And so this verse has always had a special meaning to me. I heard it first, um, actually before Henry Nouwen, I heard it when I was in Israel with a teacher that took us a discipleship trip. And so I got a ring 
engraved with that last part where it says light, silent sound. You know, that's where God was. He wasn't the fire. He wasn't the earthquake. He was in the light, silent sound or a sweet whisper, a gentle voice. And that's just always stuck with me. Now, Alessandro, you have some connection with that scripture verse as well. Tell us what it kind of means to you. Yeah, no, I think it's the, it's, it's a great reminder, particularly in a world that is so often uh, chaotic um, to, to remind ourselves to experience God. We need to be intentional about seeking out the, the mountaintop. We need to leave room to, to hear that quiet, you know, silent sound, that sweet whisper. Um, because if we're not intentional about that, the world around us will naturally be that earthquake, that wind, that fire. Uh, and if we allow ourselves to, you know, in the context of, you know, screw tape, uh, you know, allow us to be, you know, fuddled and be caught up with all these very small, these mundane things, um, or allow the kind of spiral of our lives to just keep its momentum. Um, it's really uh, hard to ever hear God's voice, which is, you know, the first step towards living a life of prayer and, and finding virtue in your life. And I think, you know, we'll get into this, but talking about meditative prayer and contemplative prayer was something that I had no experience with personally, despite, uh, going to Catholic school for grade school, high school and college uh, and kind of stumbled accidentally into this approach. And it was really just life changing what happens when you're intentional about creating that time on a daily basis, finding your mountaintop and, and actively listening uh, for God's word. And, you know, I think there's a whole bunch of great, you know, literal parts of the of the quote. Um, you know, God, uh, when Elijah goes out, he hides his face. Right. And always mm -hmm. reminding us uh, to approach prayer with a posture of humility. Right. And that's the foundation of, of all our relationships with God and with one another. And, and that's how those relationships are done well. Um, so a whole bunch of different connections there. But that's one of my top three uh, favorite scripture quotes. I love it. And I should have and, and I put us in a tough spot by bringing that right in the beginning, because I bet we could have talked all about how that connects to Hallow's mission. But we will hold that thought until we get to it, because most importantly for this episode, we're going to do the drink of the week. Absolutely. <laughs> and we're having we're starting with we've got a few different ones. And yes, listeners, because by the time this is released, you've already heard the one of mine with uh, the McAllen 18. Yes, I brought it to share here with Alessandro and we're going to have that. But we're, if you guys recall on that episode, I had McAllen 12 after the 18 and it was a big mistake to start with the good stuff. So we're going to finish with that later in the episode. So this is Oban Little Bay. I have the notes, but let's just first try to do this ourselves. And you know, let's just smell it a little bit. It's not a very harsh smell. No, pretty pretty smooth. There's definitely smoothness to it. I get a hint of, and I'm not making this up. I haven't actually read the notes yet. Although in fairness, I reviewed this maybe a month ago. So uh, I get a little like apple fruitiness. Yeah, I was if actually going to say honey. Yeah, so I was going to say um, uh, honey. I, I definitely see the, can smell the, the almost like orchard, orchard yes. smell. The, the apple, I could see that kind of fall orchard honey so apple. we're really falling in here in a caramel covered apple. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. Now let's taste it. Mm, light peat. Yep. Definitely it's not like it's, it's on it's on the spectrum more towards Lagavulin. Listeners always know David. He loves Lagavulin. I love McAllen. They're on the opposite side. So we always put them there. But it's light. So if you're a little afraid of a heavy campfire taste, this is not that, but it's got the warmth of a campfire. Yeah, I would say the um, light on the tongue, uh, a building warmth in the aftertaste. I yes. think it's uh, increasing in warmth over time, not harsh. It's a long not finish. Bitter, yeah, long finish um, campfire. Yeah. Not very oily. I love oily ones. If you can tell them on your tongue. Yep. Well, let's see what it actually says here. Dried apple chips, 
candied orange milky coffee. So the candy sweet, the apple. Yeah. We got that. I'm nervous to go any further now with any of these tastes. I, I know. Like this, is the, this is the best I can do. So. On the palate, um, fancy chocolates, flakes, sea salt, um, sugar, cinnamon. Kind of the stuff we were saying, though, like the apple and the sweet together. And finish spiced with cinnamon ginger. I definitely didn't get a ginger, but I've also never gotten a ginger in a scotch. Yeah. That one's a little bit beyond my palate, but the uh, or capabilities. But yeah, I could see the cinnamon a bit. Yeah. Wow. I think we did pretty decent for just a raw tasting. Totally. Now, our Patreon toast. So we don't have a specific gold level supporter we are toasting this time. But I want to toast all of our Patreon supporters. And I like to do this from time to time because they continue to grow. And we're just absolutely blessed and amazed. This ministry is far surprised what we thought it would turn into when we first started this as a fun project. And so we want to thank all of you guys for your support, for making this possible, for magnifying this ministry. And so we just wish you the best. We wish you a fulfilled prayer life. And hopefully from this episode, you can go deeper in your contemplative prayer life. Cheers. Cheers. That's the first time I've cheers on an episode in probably two or three years. Not because of the pandemic. I left my co-host and we have to record all of them. Yeah, I kind of nervously looked up. I assumed the the usual audio clip was going to be we dropped in there. But nope. we were real guys. This know, is a live episode. You know, we can record that, sniff that out. That can be the, the audio for all future clinks. I mean, that was a good clink. So let's start a little bit with your background, Alessandro. Pre-Hallow, pre-all of that, what was your faith journey? Obviously, you've already mentioned, alluded to, you went to Catholic school. So what brought you to where you are now? Because now you're quite deep in your faith, but... I'm assuming, like all of us, you had some ups and downs. Yeah, definitely some downs. Um, <laughs> but the uh, no, I, so I grew up in a um, big Italian family, uh, as you picked up probably my name. Lots of grew up a lot around a lot of aunts and and cousins and uncles. Grew up around pizza shops, construction companies, very traditional Italian American story. My mom was born and raised there. Uh, similar on my dad's side, uh, that led to Catholic school in uh, grade school and high school. Um, when picking a confirmation saint, uh, I was talking to um, our local uh, bishop and we were chatting about different uh, different names. And he said, well, you should get the, the, the book of the saints and, you know, flip through and see what you like and see if anything identif- you identify with anyone. Uh, and he told me in particular to to, uh, to check out, make sure that I didn't skip over St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, and so I, and I started with that first one on his recommendation because, you know, he's the bishop and I should probably listen to him. <laughs> Uh, and so the, the, one of the lines from the book of the saints is when he was younger, he was known as the dumb ox because those around him were yet unaware of his intellectual genius and prideful little Alessandra said, well, this is perfect. (laughs) Yeah, this is perfect. Mom and dad, this is, you know, this is what I need. Uh, I told you there's a genius in me. Exactly. So probably the, the inverse mental approach to developing a relationship with the saints uh, that you might recommend. Um, But I think that was representative really um, clung to the intellectual side of the faith. I think I always, I never had a falling away from my faith in the sense that I lost relationship with God or did, didn't believe that the faith was true, uh, but never had a deep sense of personal spirituality, always gravitated more towards things like the Summa uh, and, and the intellectual proofs of God's existence and, and thinking about it in a structured way. Uh, went to Notre Dame, uh, where we were on the same campus, but didn't know each other. Uh-huh. Um, got really involved in different uh, kind of business clubs and, and finance, kind of really caught uh, my passion um, and loved this idea of eventually becoming an investor. Uh, and so 
had some some projects and internships throughout school and, and was blessed enough uh, to go to New York City uh, on Wall Street after graduating, uh, working at Goldman Sachs uh, in their investment banking division. Alessandro, by the way, guys, was a beast. I remember hearing at one point, I think I might have either met you or you were still, it was your senior year and I knew you after college, but you were doing 18 or 22 credits or something, like way beyond what's human. And you weren't taking easy courses. It was- uh, How many was it? it, So it was was 21 credits. It was the max you could take without paying more tuition for the first, basically three years, six semesters, and then took a little (laughs) bit off senior year. But uh, I think the person that gets most credit for that should be my now wife, then girlfriend, uh, who who stuck with you, stuck with it through the whole time, including then long distance while I was in New York. So uh, I will I will assume the use of the past tense uh, was just a was a you misspoke there. You didn't mean to say that that's no longer the case. But, you know, we'll uh, we'll let that slide. Now he's a beast in the Catholic spirituality world. But I stopped you. So, all right, Notre Dame Catholic. Yeah. So, so um, was in oh, New- then Goldman. Sachs, yeah. So, was in New York. Um, was actually super blessed. We went from Notre Dame, where there was a, a chapel in the dorm, uh, to actually there was a mission church in the first floor of the apartment complex that I lived in. So it was not your standard New York experience, but was super blessed to have wow. uh, the mass really nearby and continued going on uh, when you know the couple hours a week I wasn't in the office, made sure I got to mass on Sundays and, and holy days. But other than that, really wasn't living out uh, faith in, in any meaningful way and in an environment that was very work centric and quite uh, secular, but learned some really great uh, professional skills. Ultimately knew that I wanted to, as I alluded to, get to the kind of the investing role um, and, and providing businesses with capital to, to, to grow and, and achieve their missions. Uh, was lucky enough to do that in Chicago for a few years uh, in the context of private equity investing. So we were, we were buying businesses, uh, owning them for, for three to seven years. And um, where you might have heard private equity is the uh, buy a business and fire everybody. Uh, that was not what we were, we were doing. Uh, actually really loved the job in the sense that we were really trying to grow businesses. And so we would buy a business, uh, invest in it. They would hire new people, buy additional businesses and really transform it in a positive way. And so that was really fulfilling. It was quite uh, challenging from a day-to-day, you know, hours a week. You know, it was definitely a seven days a week, 90, 100 hour uh, a, a week job, um, but one that was really, you know, both financially lucrative, but also fulfilling in the sense of what we were, what we were accomplishing in terms of success and growth. Amidst all of that um, stress, I was looking for ways to. You're uh, telling me ninety hours a week got you stressed out? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, there's a lot of travel. Uh, my you were work, meditating with calm and headspace, right? That well, that's that's the next part of the story. So really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the uh, uh, was traveling internationally. We had some businesses in the UK. I was spending a couple months there in the US, all over the place, and just like needed some some quote unquote peace in everyday life. And so my. Um, best friend, now co-founder of Hallow, had been using Headspace for a few years and had fallen away from his faith, but liked the kind of meditative, you know, psychological and physiological effects of meditation. And he said, hey, Headspace has been useful to me. You should try it out. Or, you know, there's others out there as well, Calm and, and others. And so they I, must not be named. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The other the other podcast, the, you know, the other, <laughs> the, the other apps, the other CS to this podcast. Exactly. Um, so the, so I tried Headspace and the way I describe the experience is that it was helpful in that it's physiologically a super healthy thing to do to sit still, breathe deeply, um, and kind of center yourself. Like we talked about finding your mountaintop, like that is the first step, right? You got to go to the mountain, um, in order to hear God's voice. 
Um, but the unexpected piece of that was in these five or 10 minutes a day where I was kind of taking this time to, you know, body scanning and centering yourself. Um, much deeper questions related to like, what am I doing with my life? What is the purpose? What is God calling me towards? What is my vocation? Um, both in a career sense and relationship stuff, which we can talk about. I not yet proposed to my now wife, um, really bubbled up in that space. So I guess to extend the metaphor, you know, I kind of went to the mountaintop expecting no one to be there and started to hear, you know, that, that quiet whispering breeze. And so because those questions clearly weren't addressed by Headspace, I kind of stopped using it um, and just uh, honestly just went back to work and uh, didn't really do much more soul searching. But at that point, that kind of nagging sense of these big unanswered questions uh, were there. Um, fast forward uh, a few weeks and my uh, Alex, who had recommended uh, Headspace, was going through his own spiritual transformation where he just uh, was getting married. Uh, or, or just gotten married and was trying to figure out, you know, what his what his um, life was about and what he what he believed in. And in his own words, he had you know kept bouncing, you know, in terms of God. You know, his, his mom used to take him to church. You know, the family to church in high school was around a faith community at Notre Dame, but was now living in a city and uh, had really fallen away from his faith. Would have described himself as atheist or agnostic. Um, but in this headspace moment, was was you know kept the feeling this pull to something that he would call like spiritual, which was surprising to him. But um, being an engineer and, and a consultant, uh, he's like, all right, how do I figure this out if God actually exists or not? And so in his own words, he kept bouncing between on the intellectual side, whatever the last YouTube video he watched was. Mm. So whether that's Dr. Scott Hahn or somebody in the, the, the faith tradition, he, you know, watch a video be like, God definitely exists, you know, Trent Horn, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, who, I, who I know was on earlier this season. Um, but then he would watch Sam Harris and or someone else in the New Atheism be like, definitely convinced, oh, this is this is definitely not real. And so it kept bouncing back and forth and was frustrated and landed on this interesting idea of, well, you know, we believe in the Christian tradition, you know, you can actually talk to this guy, meaning God. Uh, and if you can have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe, then that should go a long way in proving that he exists. And if you can't, uh, either he doesn't exist or doesn't care about you, which is, you know, neither of which are great. So... He's like, all right. He literally said, "All right, God, I'm gonna talk to you every day for two years, and it, you're like, this is your shot. You got to talk back." Which you know, I'm pressed a two year window. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm gonna talk to you for a 54 day novena, or you get nine day novena, and that's all you get. Yeah, for two years. Yeah, I mean, the oh, whole man, 30 was was tough for me. So yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> two years is a long time. 40 days of Lent, I screwed up many times and did not follow exactly. properly. So uh, exactly. So anyway, big goal. Um, but was like, how do I how do I actually do that? Um, and so for kind of the two different reasons, one was these deeper vocational questions uh, for me. And, and now at this point, we're kind of chatting with, with a group of friends about these big things. And then his like, does God exist? Called the former rector of ours because we're like, well, how do we do this? How do we answer these questions? Um, and uh, he, you know, we said, hey, does the church have any of this, quote unquote, meditation stuff? Because we've, we've done the secular version. We like the approach, but uh, are looking for something specifically Catholic and Christian. And he literally laughed out loud and said, I don't know how many classes you guys slept through. We've been doing this for like 2,000 years, uh, technically 4,000 years. Uh, and it's called prayer. Uh, and you should really know what that is by now. So we, you know, great. Thanks. Thanks, Father. Uh, where should we get started? No shame. Yeah. And so the, the two things he recommended were Lectio Divina, meditating on scripture, not just reading scripture, but meditating on it, which we can get into what that means. 
uh, and the examine, uh, which is similar to an examination of conscience. It comes out of originally Benedictine spirituality and then the, the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, kind of replaying your day at the end, looking for moments of what the Jesuits would call consolation and desolation, basically looking for, for God in your day where you didn't notice he was there. And so we basically just replaced headspace with those two things, uh, Lectio Divina in the morning and the examine in the evening. And that was just uh, massively life changing uh, in a bunch of ways which we can talk about. Um, but ultimately, over the course of a couple weeks and months, you know, we got hit with this. Wouldn't it be awesome if instead of, you know, reading these books, you know, step one, step two and, and the Bible, closing your eyes and the next step, closing your eyes and the next step. Um, we could be guided in the same way that headspace and calm do for, for secular meditation, but in these different types of Christian contemplative prayer. And so uh, Alex coded a super simple version of what is now an app. Uh, basically, it was a play pause button. We recorded some friends with great voices to, uh, to like read some scripts. And then over the subsequent months and some minor miracles, um, we felt really called to kind of make that tool that we built for ourselves accessible to, to more people and kind of help the world pray a little bit better. So um, we quit our jobs, which is a whole nother set of stories, and then uh, launched what is now Hallow, as in Hallowed Be Thy Name, uh, which is the name of this app that we created in, in December of 2018. That's now two, uh, two years and some change ago. Uh, we've been super blessed. The app's been used to pray over 8 million times in over 150 countries from the number mm -hmm. one Catholic app in the app store. And Honestly, one of the most exciting things has been we have users from a whole bunch of different traditions. So although it is labeled as a Catholic app, we have people from all the different Christian traditions. We actually have some Jewish users and uh, people just searching for, you know, how do I figure out if God is real and how do I talk to him? So I'll, I'll pause my extremely long monologue there. But I mean, no, that was a super helpful monologue and incredible journey of God, like preparing you and guiding you to this point uh, for people who are listening and you're asking yourself, oh, is this if it's a Catholic app? Because we do have half and half he's i've used it a ton in things like lectio divina they're just going through scripture verses and so that's a that's a super universal thing so yes of course there's some catholic stuff on there like a, a rosary if you want to do that but a huge chunk of it these prayer playlists what do you call them play uh playlists playlists okay yeah, playlists like on, on joy just bring in scripture verses so you can go through a 10-part series on the scripture verses that bring in joy now that's universal no matter what denomination you are and Lectio Divina, same thing. I mean, it's just incredible the amount of universal content there is on there. Yeah, I mean, one of the, you know, we're called scripturally to pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. uh, and our goal is to give people resource to bring prayer into all aspects of their life, not just maybe that one hour that you spend in church a week or something. Um, we have everything from meditations on the daily gospel to like what Matt was talking about, the virtues, hope, joy, humility, gratitude, decision-making, right? How to incorporate prayer into your... Um, into your discernment for different things. We were talking about, uh, Matt and I were talking earlier, you know, how we do that in our own uh, like business lives, right? Where it's like, which lease should we sign, uh, you know, for the new office? And, you know, we pray about that and, and we, we provide resources, whether it's, you know, vocational discernment, um, you know, marriage, you know, and or anything in between. So we, we really try and have a whole bunch of different stuff in there. Well, we got a lot we want to unpack, but it's time for our second one. Here we go. We're going to be tasting uh, Jura, 16. This is Jura with a J or a G? J. J. Like Jesus. He's a good guy. Interesting on the nose. I can't pinpoint a lot. I got, yeah. Like it feels like I'm smelling the ocean. Yeah. I, I'm having trouble picking picking things up as well. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with this ocean spray right now. That's actually been things before. So 
Yeah, I would say faint. Yeah, definitely salty, faint. Pineapple is coming to mind a little bit, but but not in a in a bitter way. Hmm. Get that? Yeah. Well, let's taste it. A little harsher, warmer on the throat than the last one. Yep. I still don't know the flavor I'm tasting. Are you, are you getting a flavor? I'm <laughs> I'm not getting not getting much. I, I I a little bit of peat or smokiness. I think yes. Um, right in the middle. Uh, it's pretty pretty light, not not much by way of of color. Um, I've only had one tiny sip of this before this, and it was when I got it for my birthday, and I just quickly tasted it with the person that gave it to me. And my, I didn't say this to them, but I was like, yeah, I'm not really getting a lot on this. It's a good scotch, but it's just there. Let's see what the notes. Say. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's see what it's supposed to be. Not a we'll, nose. Maybe that one stepped into our minds. <gasps> Nailed it. I did not read this. The scotch is something like standing in a seaside stand wow. of evergreen trees. Wow. Not bad. I know you've bought the domains for, uh, you know, pints with Chesterton and all that, but maybe you should just have a, a scotch podcast. I thought about scotch and scripture. Oh, wow. Or something like that. Yeah. And going through, because I, I got this Navarre Bible, which really brings in any single verse. Every page only has like two verses on it. And then it's the entire Catholic reason why it brings in the ecumenical councils, Council of Orange, Council of Trent, Nicene Council, bringing all these things in, Augustine Aquinas, and it's just really in-depth. And I thought to myself, it'd be cool to go through this and make a podcast where you just every week go through another chapter of Ephesians and Galatians. And then I'm just letting the commentary do the guiding of it. But I was learning so much from this. I was like, scotch and scripture. That sounds fun. Well, scotch has got to be involved somehow. Exactly. So the sense is quite woody, but more of a fragrant cedar. And on the palate, the whiskey starts out as a syrupy candied fruitcake. You did call this one sweet. This is what yeah, you call sweet. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you did get that. Light, you know, Earthy light cedar. and salty. I honestly think we did a good job with this one for not, there wasn't actually a lot to it. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, well, first of all, my, my default is that you're the expert. So I'm, I'm proud of you and surprised by myself. <laughs> oh, all right. So back to it. I did an episode with a friend of mine called, uh, his name's Leo Gallegos, and he has this podcast, Alto, to the summits. And we talk a lot about vocation. And I want to go on a quick little side tangent of just getting your thought of leaving a plush job. Maybe it's not as enjoyable from 90 hours a week, but from like a lucrative and a status symbol and not exactly sure, like you said, you started out with a play button and barely proof of concept uh, and just went with that. What is that? take in a sense of trust with God? Like how much, was there fear in there? Was there peace because you just knew God was guiding it? Or were you really Peter going out of the boat and walking on water and sinking a little bit, but then you reached your hand up? Like, what was that like? Yeah. So it's an, I mean, in some ways, you know, I guess you could, you could assume either side of the side, right? Like you're doing something you're really passionate about. So maybe that's less scary, but it's, um, you know, literally, starting from zero and you know no income and all that kind of stuff so maybe maybe it's more scary the um honestly i i go back to the difference in living a life centered around prayerful discernment a life centered around thy will be done versus a life around my will to be done and when you are living the my will be done life your entire ego your self-worth your status with others is all wrapped up in this does that succeed or not? Uh, and it's it's result oriented, which you know luck plays a, a massive role in life. 
and uh, you can really be led astray by you know bad things happening um, or pursuing the wrong goal and like losing what you actually care about because you you think some like what money power influence um, are what matter and you wake up one day and you know you don't have a family none of your friends talk to you and all that kind of stuff uh, but when you live a life around thy will be done uh, in, in relationship to prayer and, and God and you do what you know you're being called towards a you, you know you're not alone uh, and I think that's really uh, empowering from a stress perspective and uh, you know if, if God's with you then you know who can be against you mm-hmm. um, but then also like the self-worth is not around whether it succeeds or not it's about following the call Right. And that's something you can do no matter what. That's 100 percent within your control. Uh, and we trust that when, you know, God doesn't call us to bad ends. Right. So if you if you do what you're supposed to be doing and you give it your all, it's going to work out. And sometimes that's hard, like Job. Uh, and sometimes there's bountiful harvests. Um, but honestly, the, the, the hardest professional conversation I ever had was going into my partner's office with whom I was working and doing very well and on the path to uh, go to business school and a, and a long career in finance making millions of dollars uh, and saying, hey, actually, I'm going to go build this prayer app. Uh, <laughs> that was, I was like literally shaking physically going into the office and that was really scary. But since that moment, I have never experienced any existential stress or concerns or whether or not this is going to work. I know that this is what God is calling us towards. And I know that as long as we continue uh, to search for it and, and, and pursue that call humbly and um keeping God at the center, not ourselves at the center, uh, that everything's going to be just fine. And I think that's mes- manifested in many graces. Uh, it <laughs> led shortly to my marriage, which is pretty dope. Uh, I bet she likes having more time with you. Yeah, so more time and with a ring. She's with, nodding you know, her head, yes. <laughs> all, all positive things and God willing, uh, expanding the family at some point uh, in the near future. And uh, yeah, it's just been one joy after another. I love that you just indirectly spelled out and lived out one of Lewis's quotes that I try to keep at the forefront of my mind um, in the early stages of a business. It's not up to you whether you succeed or fail. It's up to what's up to you is to do what's right and leave the rest to God. He wrote it in a letter to someone once. And so it's not meant to be a flashy quote that rings off the tongue, but just a, a truthful statement. And that's essentially what you said. I know I'm doing what's right and what God's calling me and what the outcome is up to him. I'm impressed how well you do it. I can't do it. <laughs> My identity, and I don't know if you've ever taken the Enneagram, but I'm like a type three, so I place way too much self-worth and success. So the concept of failing scares me so much that I have a lot to work on in my own spiritual journey of learning to let go of that. But I'm just impressed with you of just how, yeah, you know, this is what God's calling me to do, and here we go. Yeah, I, well, most people can't like just jump to that. And you went from, you kind of described it as doing my will, egocentric, to thy will. You kind of flipped on a dime. Most people, it's also a journey. Like, oh, I, I'm recognizing. Let me start doing chiseling way out at a. Because I'm actually thinking this way right now. I'll go start volunteering at the homeless shelter once a week. I'll start putting these things in that pulls me away from my ego. And you were just like, boom. Time to go. Thy will be done. Yeah, definitely easier to make it sound that way in, in the, on a podcast than over the course of months and actually making the decision. <laughs> but um, no, I think, first of all, my biggest weakness and temptation is pride. Uh, and I think you know, we saw that with Thomas Aquinas and immediately gravitating towards I'm a genius. 
Um, so it, it's really, uh, and my wife is, I'm sure, nodding her head at this point. Um, so <laughs> I, it, I immediately looked over her. And, and, you know, we see this in screw tape too, right? It's easy to turn in, uh, to turn in a, uh, a success for the enemy, God, right? Uh, into pride, right? And, and I think it's really important to be conscious of that because that'll have, at least for me, it happens very naturally. And it's, it's something I really have to struggle with on a continual basis, which I think is why the, virtuous habits are so important you know talk about habits on the podcast before um and and doing things repetitively in daily scripture and daily prayer to, to always recenter yourself um but it's for me i think maybe it was a situation where in the deepest darkness the the smallest light makes the makes the impact and you can mm-hmm. you know think of narnia in, in some of those uh contexts but the um you know i was living such a, a challenging life that just that little bit of an experience of grace was so powerful and that was a, a light to reach towards um you know towards the the the, the first conversations that i described were in kind of march april of, of 2018 um and then by the end of the summer it was really like okay are we gonna do this like and, and who's gonna who's in who's out because you know this is this is not just me right and i have the, the easiest job on the team everyone else makes amazing theology content make the prayer the tech team the audio team i just go talk about it uh in a, in a growth sense so i'm i'm like the least critical to the team and he's naturally an extrovert so it makes it a little easier that part is true that part i'm an entj uh on the on the myers-briggs I'm the intj there you go so uh, so close but, that's why i was relating yeah. to what you were talking about earlier and i don't want to interrupt you when you said you were super intellectual with the faith i was the same way and uh, as father grudy a priest at notre dame uh, who's kind of like a mentor to me said matt you can miss heaven by 18 inches and the distance between your head and your heart. And that always sticks with me. And it sounds like you had a similar experience. I mean, you were prior to this going deeper, developing this prayer life. You had the intellectual there. You, you, but you, that was how you were engaging God was more on the intellectual rather than the experiential, rather than the heart place. And it's funny how he'll eventually pull you down there. And prayer is a big thing for doing that, creating that silence, that solitude, creating that space to it, to, to hear him say that I love you, as we talked about earlier, Henry Nowen does. Like, that's so important. So that quote sticks with me. And I was thinking about that earlier when you were talking. I love that. I love that quote. And uh, I, I give talks to, to catechists and, and teachers and parents around um, uh, the life of prayer and grounding catechesis in, in prayer. Um, and the one slide I have on the left side, there's this really skinny PhD guy in a lab coat. And on the right hand side, there's... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Pumping Iron, like, you know, lifting a bazillion pounds. And uh, the title slide is talking the talk is, is not enough. Uh, it's one, You can study the body as much as you want. You can have a PhD in, in kinesiology or muscle science. Unless you actually go to the gym and pump some iron, you're not going to be strong. Uh, and, it, and it is really that, that crucial piece of uh, not just uh, head knowledge, but heart knowledge is, is what it takes. And you're bringing in indirectly a Lewis com- uh, concept. So for listeners that have been with us since season one with Mere Christianity, he talks about theology as a map. So he talks about experiencing God, but then also like the theology side of it, the intellectual side of it. And he goes, theology is super important. We can't belittle theology. That's the science of God, almost studying God. And theology is essentially a roadmap of all these people who have taken their experiences and we've turned it into like a systematic understanding of this. Necessary. But there's also the person who goes on the shore. So he uses the analogy of going to the ocean. You go on the shore and you see the vastness of, if David was here, he'd probably correct me. It's either like the Pacific or the Atlantic Ocean. You know, you go see the vastness of it. You experience the grandeur of it. 
Well, now let's say you want to actually navigate it. So it's important to experience that. But now you have to get on a boat and go through it. Well, without a map, you're not sure where you're going. And so you need them both. Experiencing it is incredibly important, but then having the map to know how to then navigate it after you experience it is also important. And I always think of that as the head and the heart. It's like, you need the heart experience. You need to feel God, you need to encounter Christ. But then afterwards, there's usually the next question is, well, now what? How do I live? How am I supposed to be in relation with God? How am I supposed to be in relation with others? And so that's where they're both important. I came to it through the head first. Some people come to the heart first. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i I'm struggling a bit. So in the same presentation um, with the Arnold Schwarzenegger slide, a couple slides before, uh, I have this metaphor on what does it take to live a virtuous life and why uh, secular meditation falls short. Uh, and it's this idea of sailing on the ocean and, and navigating. Uh, you need, so the, the metaphor is living a virtuous life is like sailing from point A to point B. You need two things for their, to do that successfully. One, you need there to not be a hurricane because if there's a hurricane, you can't navigate anywhere because yeah. you're just being tossed around. But the second one is you need a compass or a map or a GPS, a way to navigate. Um, and the secular approach to meditation focuses 100% on that first part, mm -hmm. right? Calming the storm in our minds, finding that mountaintop. Um, but if that's all you do, imagine yourself on the ocean, uh, the sun's right above you, no, you can't see land, you don't know which way is which, and you're just stranded there, that's mm -hmm. actually really isolating and yeah. can cause things like hallucinations, mirages, all that. Um, what you need is the true north of Christ. And by orienting yourself towards him in, in prayer and meditative prayer, that gives you the ability to navigate to find your destination. So basically, oh, that's a same, really great analogy. Basically the same metaphor. Yeah, uh, well, well you stole it from Lewis, but you know what? You don't need <laughs> it. Now you can put a little star below it, footnote. C.S. Lewis inspired. I am happy to be in any footnote relationship with Lewis. <laughs> I never knew that, though. That's a great pitch for secular versus Christian meditation. It calms the storm, but it, there's still the then what after you calm the storm. Yep. I really like that. Glad you brought that up. Please feel free to tell as many people. We need to have a sip of the next one because we still have two more. And we're 40 minutes in already. So <laughs> we need to make sure we get the Balvany 17, if I'm saying that right. With a hint of Avion. With hints of Avion. So, so listeners, um, I got that quarterly retreat. As you guys know, I go on. It's my last one, actually. And that's Sunday to Tuesday. And then from here, so I'm in Chicago. And then from here, I fly directly to Savannah. And so I didn't drive in. I came on a train. And I can't go bring all my bottles of scotch with me to Savannah on an airplane. It'll get thrown away. So I put them in an Avion, a Dasani, and uh, some Mountain Spring bottles made sure they were as, as empty as possible with water yeah but uh david will be happy to know that uh these are these are pre-opened with a with a drop of water because they are in water bottles yeah actually because i was thinking about that we don't have our drop of water but in reality there's probably a few drops in there already opening them up exactly all right let's try this one let's see if we can go three for three mm, this one smells smooth this one i'm getting definitely some caramel um yeah that's a good word maybe some oak is there a little peppery spiciness no, it's really not. I think this one's just going to end up being quite smooth. This is going to be like McCallum. If you read McCallum's tasting notes, this is not McCallum, by the way. That'll be our next one. But if you read McCallum's tasting notes, there's not a ton because it is just a really smooth, crisp scotch. So maybe like the caramel, kind of a sweet maltiness is it. Yeah, that's that's all I've got. Let's go for the taste. A little bit of pepper in there. I'm uh, wondering if the pepper was correct. Yeah, yeah, definitely on the taste more than on the nose. A little oily finish. I put it medium. It's not quite as long as that one you talked about that bill. Yep. Kind of a more of a explosion on the first uh -huh. um, hits the tongue uh, and swallow. Definitely more of a punch at the beginning. 
less sweetness than I was expecting yeah. from our the smell, Almost which in, sometimes happens. Yeah, I mean, very smooth caramel on the taste, but I didn't taste any caramel hit more the the peppery yeah. zing. Well, let's see what the bell man, he says. Tasting notes. Warm Acadia honey. There's the caramel, well done. Green apples with some spice. That's probably the peppery the taste, kind of spiciness yeah. I was mentioning. Um, vanilla, thought kind of malty. The finish is gloriously long. My medium was incorrect. <laughs> gloriously long. We hit the glorious less than long. With notes of vanilla and honey. Definitely so, missed the apple, but I think the rest. We did miss the apple, and I didn't get as much. Of it. We got the sweetness and the smell. I didn't think it was as much on the, the finish, but I guess there was there. Um, I give that one. We I, we got half of it. The other two, I yeah. think we nailed more. We also have some already on our palate, and then I could have. Yes, that's exactly right. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. I mean, it sounds like you've given a lot of talks today. So, and if you can't do it well, Father uh, Mary and Mark might be able to pull up the tail, pull up the, I don't even know the expression, but help us out. I want to dive in a little bit to just your understanding the importance of prayer. And maybe even like just kind of talking about the role in our, our journey, why it's important. I think a lot of people's relationship with prayer is, one, it's kind of maybe five minutes. Let's just try to get five minutes in a day, which don't let me judge that start, but really it should be more than that in our lives. And then second, if they're like me, you start to question the goodness of, of God in prayer. Can he actually answer that? Is this really doing anything? Is there power here? Am I just talking? Uh, speak a little bit to just your experience now of prayer of doing this. Have you read a lot of stuff on this? And so you can do a little bit more of the head stuff and your own personal experience. Yeah, so I will. I will give. A, I should have given a disclaimer on this up front. Anytime I, I talk publicly, I, I am not a theologian or an educator <laughs> or anything close to either of those. But uh, I've done a fair amount of reading and and a, a bit of actual praying. So I think the question was the importance of prayer. It's important. So that's the that's there we the go. next that's count the, eighteen now. <laughs> there you go. That's that's the short answer. Um, when we think about the Christian. Uh, life of prayer uh and how we live our lives and how it interacts with that obviously talked a little bit about bringing god into everything right and that includes the big decisions and the little decisions um the piece that i think is a couple couple pieces that are important so one is just kind of like the types of prayer and, and what prayer orients us towards so if you open up the the, the catholic catechism in the uh, part four of the Christian life of prayer, it talks about the types of prayer. Here are the types of prayer. Um, and there are three. Uh, the first one is vocal prayer. It's probably the stuff we're most familiar with. can be scripted or impromptu. So that includes things like the Our Father, the Hail Mary, uh, and then also your own words, you know, just talking to God. The second is meditative prayer specifically. And then the third one is contemplation. Uh, which is interesting for, for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's often surprising to know that there is a section on meditation in the catechism. I think in today's world, when you say meditation, we immediately think, you know, Far East or, or um, Eastern or uh, modern spirituality. Hippie. Uh, <laughs> more eloquent than, than I am, yes. Um, but, but there is an authentic piece there. And then it's also, there's a technical difference between meditation and contemplation. Uh, which I think is interesting. I was going to ask that. I was curious because yep. I would have blended those together. Exactly. And I think we often colloquially use them as synonyms, right? Meditative. And even I did that earlier in the conversation. 
Um, so what's the difference? And, and the catechism actually lays it out in a bit of a hierarchy. So you kind of start in vocal, you know, kind of the casual communication you would have with another you know, person like we're having with God. Then you move to meditation. Uh, the catechism starts with an admonishment where it says Christians owe it to themselves to meditate daily. Else they blessed they become like the first three types of soil in the parable of the sower. Um, so that's actually pretty strong language. And you might um, ask, like, why such the strong language? Because nobody reads the parable of the sower where the guy's putting seeds and the first falls on some sand, some thistle, and then eventually at the very end, some fertile soil. Um, so what they're saying is the meditation is creating the fertile soil. That's how you become fertile soil. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and so how does that how does that interact? Well, it goes on to say uh, meditation is above all a quest. The mind seeks to understand the why and the how of Christian life so as to respond and to adhere to it. Uh, it engages uh, the full mobilization of the faculties is one of the expressions they use. Thought, emotion, imagination, desire. I actually have now <laughs> said this enough that I guess uh, that I, I, that all, most of that was the quote. Um, <laughs> I was like, this sounds pretty aggravating. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so as to hear what the Lord is saying and to respond to him. And so here where we might think of meditation in the colloquial sense as uh, emptying yourself, it's really a questing after, okay, I know this to be true. For Lectio Divina, for example, which is the quintessential meditative prayer technique, you're taking scripture and you're saying, how does this actually affect me? How does this affect my life today in the here and the now? And uh, because we're incarnate bodies, right? We're not like the angels. Uh, we have five senses given to us by God to know his creation, which is good and manifests his goodness as goodness itself. Uh, we engage all those. So the imagination, the emotion, the desire, the smell, the taste um, to know the fullness uh, of the truth. Um, and then we quest after what, what does this mean for me? Um, I think one of the most powerful things meditative prayer can do for you, particularly in relationship with scripture, is that it changes your relationship with scripture from this 2000 year old book who has some like truisms that are, you know, eternal, uh, but, but also it's the living word of God speaking to us now today uh, and and telling us things in our own lives. Uh, so one of the things that can be really powerful to do, and we do this in our team, we do this in groups, with parishes and schools, do a five, 10 minute meditation, uh, Lecto Divina, and then just go around the room and say like, what stood out to you? Right. It, normally you pick an, an idea, an image, a word, a memory that jumps out at you. And then you ask God what he's telling you in that moment. And it's crazy. Even a group of 10 or 15 people rarely do more than one or two people pick the same word um, or idea. And it opens up this, you know, we actually God, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is a counselor, right? He, he wants us to come to him. And so I think the biggest importance is that it of prayer brawly, meditative prayer specifically, is it drives home this idea that we are not alone. We are, God wants to be in constant relationship with us and he is walking with us all the time. You can mm -hmm. think of the, the famous poem on the, with the footprints on the beach, right? Uh, I have uh, my very first ever journal, which I should go back to and read sometime because I used to be really raw in my journals back in like high school and college, um, is a wood covered one that has that poem on the front engraved into it. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of great talk on this podcast of, of all the, the letters that Lewis wrote, and I'm looking forward to <laughs> certainly not your death, but in the, <laughs> the letters of Matt. Yeah, in the future, seeing Matt's journal. I heard short. recently he stopped keeping a journal, and David will be listening to this like, yeah, Matt, you heard it here on the podcast when I talk to this person. <laughs> um, everything jumbles in my head when I consume content. That he stopped keeping a journal 
oh, I heard this on the other C.S. Lewis podcast. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Classic. <laughs> Alistair McGrath. Um, Classic. When he became a Christian, he stopped keeping a journal hmm. because he found vanity when he was keeping it that he would think like he had to write important thoughts because sometime when he died, people would read this later. Hmm. And so I tried to actually think about that. And I sometimes do feel like I only write when I have like profound theological concept or actually when I'm really deeply struggling, I do actually do both. Um, but I never really do the in-between of the mundane of life. Yeah. And so I've been working on that. Like, all right, stop thinking about either one of two things, your future wife reading this, which kind of scares you a little bit because you're like, how raw do I be in this moment? Um, or who's going to read this if you die or something like that and just write. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Uh, I technically have a journal. I haven't written it in a few months. There's probably 30 entries over the past 10 years. And it's like these moments of what the future historians need to know about Alessandro <laughs> back to the, uh, back to the, back to the pride moment. Um, but I do think I've actually found it helpful in a professional setting to have a journal where you're keeping yourself honest about decision-making and documenting. I'm doing this because I think this is going to happen. And then um, like, did it actually happen? Are you changing your mind in the future? You're kind of shifting your hypotheses yeah. subconsciously. So I, I think there's. All right, Ray Dalio. Yeah. Hey, there we go. There's still some finance in here. You know. Um, let's pour us to 18. Let's do for it. This last bit. As we... And then what you can be pondering as I pour this, I want you to come up with, and I'm assuming, because we are very blessed with this podcast to get listeners sending in how this impacts them constantly. And it's like one of our greatest gifts of doing this ministry. I'm going to be curious if it's like some personal stories that you have of people through Hallow and the prayer experience transforming their life yeah it's time for the pitch to get our listeners okay. to listen to it we can do that uh we'll just finish off the the piece on on contemplation i guess just oh yes yes why well, pour that mccallan 18 you do that the um so that was meditation was the second type contemplation um uh the, the catechism actually quotes oh, saint Teresa. oh my gosh we're getting, getting a heavy pour here um, right as I'm about to do the hollow pitch. I, mean, that's what's gonna I have plenty of Matt Count 18 at home, so you deserve to try more of it. Yeah, we call that a humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fine, I'll take the full drink. You take this the little one. Yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> this is all I drink. Uh, yeah. Um, the Catechism quotes St. Teresa in saying, the contemplative prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than a close sharing between friends, spending time with him who we know loves us. And so uh, contemplation is often described as the, the, the pinnacle of prayer, the, the, the gaze of faith for the literary fans in the house. I come from the Italian tradition. Uh, so Dante, right? The, the, uh, the Comedia, the Divine Comedy, Inferno, Purgatorio, and Paradiso. In Paradiso, what is heaven like? It is the Empyrean vision, uh, the Empyrean rose of the saints in constant gazing with uh, the risen Lord um, for as a newly married man, I love to talk about how amazing marriage is uh, for those in relationship, those moments of where you're in a room together. Uh, maybe you're looking into each other's eyes, but nobody's speaking, nobody's saying anything, but you're just in total co-presence, co-being with one another. That's kind of what what the idea here is to be in a state of contemplation, to be resting with the Lord. That also uh, sounds like a deep intimacy. Yeah. And that. Yeah, totally. It's a it's vulnerability, emptying, uh, humility total love, total co-presence. And that's really a, a foretaste of heaven. And, th and that's why we're, th th that is the pinnacle of prayer and where we're oriented towards most meditative prayer te techniques explicitly and the kind of final step is resting with God, trying to achieve that state of contemplation. 
And when we're in that state of contemplation, uh, it's when we totally attempt to know God and let him know all of us. And it's in that emptying that we ultimately fulfill the call uh, of Christian life, which is thy will be done. Um, and that's what kind of we do uh, in prayer. So those are three types of prayer, a little bit of each of them. And uh, if you do that, good things happen, which can be a segue into some good things that have happened. That's going to be a perfect segue. The McAllen 18. I say the best for last. Isn't this the most amber you've seen? Super amber. Uh-huh. Yeah, super dark. Almost like a light port, even. Uh-huh. Almost no burn. Or there's, I've already had this, there's, and you've had a little bit before, too. There's not really any burn on your throat. There's also not much burn on your nose. No. It uh, smells warm, if that makes sense. Like an inviting I'm very fireplace. tempted after this, so make sure you don't drink all that. Like... Once you just to have Sam taste that, someone who doesn't drink scotch and get their thoughts of a really nice it's a scotch. Great idea. Uh-huh. That is a great idea. And let's get your, yours first. Let's see if the smell. All good things experienced by a husband are even greater when experienced by the wife. I like I'm, it. I'm trying to rack up some brownie points here. This one absolutely, I, I don't know if it's a vanilla or a caramel, but it's got a sweetness to it. Definitely. Yeah, that's really nice. Pungent. What does it say here? Vanilla. There we go. Wow. Vanilla and fruit. Yeah. I, can, I never could tell if it was vanilla or caramel. I just know it's yeah. some sort of candy. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't here. say the fruit, but I can. you can get the bit of fruit there too. A sweet fruitiness. If you're ever trying to create a new Twitter handle, you can be the Scotch Seer. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Don't boost my ego. All right, let's taste it. Goodness sakes, that's good. That's really good. Uh-huh. That is really good. Full stop. That's my description. Mm-hmm. It is just so smooth. Now, we're going to have Sam. Yeah, oh, here we go. Sam. Sam's, <laughs> Sam's being brought in. Celeb it shot. is done in the sherry cast, so you can taste the sherry cast. I actually like that a little bit. I'm not a scotch hey, man, but hey. it's actually, it's good. It's really smooth. It doesn't burn like I have had on Scotch uh-huh. Chase in the past. I was going to try any other ones because those ones burn more. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't try those, but that was very good. Hey, I'm impressed. That's when you know it's a good scotch. Absolutely. From someone who's like not really done scotch. And it actually makes sense that you'd say this. The very first scotch I had was my college roommate senior year in Notre Dame, his dad comes in, big McAllen guy, and brought some McAllen 18. Back then it wasn't, back then McAllen 18 costs like what McAllen 12 does today. And he brought a bottle, that was the first scotch I ever had. And I don't think I've had this really since then, for some of it, got a bottle. Well, oh. Tough to, <clears throat> tough to do any better than that. All right, let's hear some of these stories, success stories. Yeah, so the first one is actually even before the start of Helen, one was one of the major catalysts for us, you know, taking that final leap to discern, to, to quit our jobs. When we were going at the original path where we were, you know, Alex had just coded that super simple play pause button. We had recorded some scripts, you know, we had our, uh, we're spending a fair amount of time on it. And, uh, which for me meant, you know, from two to 3am a couple nights a week. And the, um, you know, friends and family wanted to check it out because we were using it. So we had a couple dozen people using it. And we got a message from a friend of our friend from Notre Dame who had been dating her boyfriend for a few years, three years, and was like, hey, you know, I'm trying to discern what God is calling me towards. Um, I heard you have this like prayer thing. Can I try it out? And I'll give you feedback and let you know what I think. I said, sure. So at that point, we only had nine sessions. Um, So it was really like an intro to contemplative prayer with a little bit of a couple different things. And um, she called a couple weeks later and she said, I'm going to send you my prayer journals. Uh, I can't believe that this has happened. 
but I feel like I actually legitimately now feel like I've heard what God is calling me towards. And, you know, at this point, I'm like starting to sweat. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, <laughs> what is this? Sounds dramatic. Um, she ended up breaking up with her boyfriend and committing to religious life as a sister of Christian <laughs> charity. So, and is, you know, well, first, bless God. Yes. I'm so, more <laughs> laughing from the boyfriend's perspective. <laughs> yeah. I often wonder whether or not he's a Halo user. Thankfully, <laughs> I, I do not know who he is. Uh, but uh, total joy in her decision and, and just what can happen. And I'm super happy now. And it was definitely the right call. Um, is she still in religious life? Two years later? I believe she she's still in formation, but I, I think she still yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so that was the moment that kind of we're like, wow, you know, obviously we didn't do anything right. It, got, it was her. Yes. That accepted God's call into her life. And it was, uh, God's love that gave her the grace to make that decision. But you created a space for the gentle whisper. Yeah. We, we provided, uh, a tool to help her go on the journey. She was being called towards. Yeah. Uh, we often describe it as we, we help people put people in the same room as God and help you how to articulate the conversation. Um, but the rest is obviously you and God. We trust God to do the hard work. So yeah. we just try not to mess up the first part. But that hit us like a stone in the head. It was like, hey, guys, like maybe you should be asking like what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Uh, and then that led down the path of that ultimately led to my stressful conversation with my boss and walking out of the office and all that kind of stuff. But um, so that was that was the first one. You know, when you have a library of like uh, so many things, it's hard to pick. But a couple that come to mind. Humble uh, brag. That it's all, I, I like I said, I have the easiest job on the team. Just go talk about that stuff. Um, but the there was a brother who messaged us a few weeks ago. His brother had, uh, you know, the raised Catholic had fallen away from his faith, was now terminally ill in hospice, had a few days to live, and the brother who was sick had fallen away, and the brother uh, who was there with him had not. And the brother who was sick asked him, "Can you pray with me?" And uh, he didn't really know what to do. And so he's kind of asking him, what, how can we do this? And so he took out the app and for the last seven days of his life, they prayed the rosary together using the Hallow app. Mm. And the brother said his, his brother, you know, experienced the last confession and died in peace. And wow. so, I mean, we often talk about if we can help one person have a slightly deeper relationship with God, then we will have done kind of our job. And, mm -hmm. and I think um, that was obviously a particularly moving example of, of someone opening themselves up to God um, from a, from a life where they really they hadn't previously to kind of lighten the tone a little bit. We had a, and, and this is not our express goal and it might be funny for, for some listeners from other traditions. We had a Protestant minister drop out of the Protestant seminary and become Catholic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, look, we so just, you are warned. Yeah. I just, you know, a fair warning there, you know, uh, when you, well, I won't make a comment, but the, um, <laughs> Uh, we have people, like I said, from all different. We have a Lutheran minister who who uses the app and some of his um, preaching, you know, plays it during sermons and and things like that. Um, we have um, a lot of moms that found like this is the only way that their family uh, like prays together. Um, so it's, um, you know, for a two and a six year old, um, <laughs> we have one quote from the six year old, uh, you know, on the way to school, uh, you know, the mom had heard of this app and was like, oh, you know, I can just play this, make them close their eyes and, you know, be quiet on the way to school so I can have some peace of mind. So it's like, you know, trying to uh, to use the app in a way that just like made the kids be quiet for a couple minutes, uh, which is, you know, 
interesting end, but you know, I yeah. Guess, but but God works in the in the crevices. In this case, the means justify the end. I don't know. Uh, it ended up doing so. So like the um, so she ended up praying while she was driving the kids to school as well. The six year old when they were gotten to school the one day kind of cried and said, "Mommy, I heard Jesus." And she said, "What did he say to him?" He said that he loves me. Aww. And so, I mean, stuff like that is hard to, you know, there's, I can't so imagine. That's not enough for people yeah. to, I don't, know, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, going to work, we ask like, you know, we have 12 full-time team members now and from the, the team is a bunch of different, you know, represents a, a number of different traditions. And, you know, we go in and to work every day trying to, like I said, help people have those moments of being a little bit closer to God. And uh, it's moments like that, which we get messages, you know, literally every day of people just writing and sharing their stories. Um, that make it all worth it. And I think are beautiful examples of what happens when we open ourselves up to a life of prayer. And now's a good time to explain too, for, for listeners, we talk about kind of like the Vino playlist, the amount of content that's on it is insane. Everyone has a different use. And so some people might enjoy sitting in their chair, doing an exam of conscious, doing a Lectio Divina. I tend to be a person who's kind of anti-technology as much as possible. And so whenever I'm at home, I do my holy hour in the morning. I try to not look at my phone in the morning where I've loved it is car rides i find it even if it's it turns because you could argue okay is praying a rosary in the car as good as if you were like literally closing your eyes and fully meditating but it's sanctifying that time in the space in a way that wouldn't have been sanctified and so i love that i love when i'm running prayer runs oh i just love to put a rosary on for a prayer run but then there's all this content on there from music to the bible in a year if you guys want to listen to the bible in a year uh, they have a fantastic uh, offering of that. They've got guest speakers that are on there. I mean, it's practically housing tons of content of all different things. Yeah. So the, I mean, the idea is technology without technology. So the idea is all audio guided. So you go in, you pick what you want to pray about or how you want to pray. You press play. Every option or most of the sessions have multiple time lengths. You could do five, 10, 15 minutes, male, female voice. You can have different background music options, basically whatever works for you. Uh, you press play and then you close your eyes. And so really it's entering that contemplative posture of prayer, finding that mountaintop. Um, and so I think it's also a helpful way to rewire your relationship with technology where, you know, you're accessing a tool, but then you're, you're putting the technology away and focusing on what's actually important, which I think is one of the hard parts about written prayer things on your phone, because you always have the pop-ups mm -hmm. and things. Uh, so the audio guided pieces is, is really helpful there. We actually have been pretty surprised. So you might think, millennial prayer app kind of buy in for millennials if you look at our users kind of below 35 years old between 35 and 55 and 55 plus the breakdown is about 35 percent 35 percent 30 percent so it's really a wide range wow. and i think the takeaway from that is everybody prays differently but there's something for everybody yes uh and so the older you are the more likely audio guided is meaningful with bluetooth connected hearing aids and no you know fine small print you know parents as we talked about on the run fitting into those little moments of prayer. And then the younger you are, you know, connecting to the mental plus spiritual health, the wellness approach, the developing that relationship, discernment, marital discernment relationships, different things like that. But yeah, the idea is, is to provide a tool, like I said earlier, to bring prayer into every aspect of life. And we, we try and do that. We, uh, if anyone's a fan of the show, The Chosen, uh, which has just made a mm. splash with season two launching. Unreal. Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus, uh, actually had a really beautiful conversion story towards uh, Catholicism just from his experience of portraying Jesus. Has a ton of guest content. We have uh, a number of other great uh, Christian um, teachers, leaders, priests, authors uh, do, do guest content as well. 
So if they want to go download this, can we do, I know we've tried to do some batch, can we, do, can we download and they can just type in for a free trial? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have it set up by the time this launches for sure. Just put Jack in maybe? Yeah, whatever, we can do Pines with Jack, says. Jack, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, okay. Let's do that. Let's do Jack. Let's okay. do Jack, guys, be Jack. J-A-C-K. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so the app is free to download. There's permanently free content that's just available all the time, uh, updated daily, including meditations on the daily gospel and a whole bunch of other stuff. We're really proud of the permanently free version, having a lot of stuff in it. There's also a premium subscription, uh, which is $60 a year. Um, the, that goes to support the team. We don't sell any advertising. We don't sell any user data. So it's basically our equivalent of, of Patreon is through a subscription model. Um, if you guys knew how much work goes into making this content, it's insane. The uh, it's again all people working harder than I am. But, <laughs> um, the uh, uh, so what we'll do here is if you go to hallow.com/jack, um, we'll give you a 30-day uh, free trial. Uh, you can check out both the free and the premium stuff, and then you can decide if you want to stick with the premium or the free stuff. Um, we'll get you all hooked up with that. Yeah, because there's a ton guys on the free side. I have the premium, but ironically, I think I use all free stuff. <laughs> I was telling Alessandra, I'm super traditional in my prayer. I love the rosary. Like that to me is, we we obviously have many dominations here and we've never really got into those things. But I just love the idea of her uh, as Mary, the new Ark of the Covenant and the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant that housed God in the presence of God. You know, she brought God into the world again through Christ and they brought the Ark of the Covenant into battle. And so I always think of the rosary as that weapon and I always keep, uh, Catholic woodworker version with me um, just to have it always on my side. And uh, yeah, so I end up, I think, consuming all your free content. <laughs> That's okay. Just uh, don't cancel this. <laughs> I love it. Well, we could probably talk for a lot longer, but we're already nicely over an hour. I'm impressed. This was uh, unscripted and just going with it. So, Alessandra, well done. We're having a ton of fun here. It's super awesome to get to talk uh, with all of you through the podcast. Um, I just want to say thanks to, to Matt, David, and Andrew for all the amazing hard work they do. Uh, as you've probably picked up, I'm also a listener of the podcast, uh, so really love it. And as of this past week, as you tried to catch up? Uh, no comment. Kidding. No comment. No comment. Uh, longtime admirer, re- more recent listener, proud Patreon supporter. I was going to say he's a Patreon supporter. Yep, there we go. Uh, I w- you know, Just for one last brownie point, I was cheersing. We cheers to all the Patreon subscribers, especially my wife. Who, uh, who who was supportive of that financial commitment. I love so, it. Uh, we should have had her cheering with us. There we go. There we go. We'll work towards that. Well, Alessandro, guys, first of all, to go check it out. Like you said, hello.com slash Jack. It is an incredible app. I strongly suggest you guys go check that out. Alessandro, thanks so much for breaking down prayer, encouraging us, giving us real life examples. It was fantastic. Sharing your story with us, uh, giving us some of your wisdom on scotch tasting notes. It was a blast. And uh, listeners, we always sign off. I didn't tell you this ahead of time. So we always sign off with further up and then you would say further in and cheers. So I, first of all, Matt, I know that because I'm an avid uh, <laughs> listener of the podcast. Second of all, if anybody ever wants to reach out or have any conversations, I'm in the Slack channel, but you can also email me directly. My email is A-L-E-S-S-A-N-D-R-O, Alessandro at Hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W dot app, A-P-P. There you guys go. Well, Alessandro, thank you so much. Listeners, join us next time. We'll be going further up. And further in. Cheers. Cheers.